Hello, everyone. Uh, hello. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's Rail Matter. I think hopefully I'm here, and hopefully you can all hear me. Ina's here, Richard, Barry, Adam. Hello, Rigamortis. Let's do this thing. It's episode 206, California's Hydrogen Train Hell. Um, wait a minute, why is none of this working? There we go, that's that's right. I've got to click that button, then click this button over here. Um, also, just check that this is working, because this, uh, this is important. Um, let's go for... Let's go for... Hello, and welcome to... Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Good, 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 good. We need, we need that sort of thing to happen because um, we need some things to join us. Right, so enough of my waffling. Hello, Hannah. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Solace uh, Benyon. Uh, they're marvellous. There's, there's lots of people joining us to say hello. Hello, Rob. Hello, hello, dear friends. Friends, comrades, countrymen, etc., etc., all that rubbish. Let's get on with this, shall we? Um, first, let us... Uh, let me get the, get the whack out because... Uh, remember this? We used to look at uh, tr travel trends. Um, well, the numbers have the the, the, the DFT have have, what, have finished what they believe is a uh, an update to the data. And so, bearing in mind that we we kind of reached this the rail here in blue, reached this sort of over one hundred percent rolling average, reached the the peak. Rolling averages are always lower than the than the spikes because you, you get rid of the spikes and the troughs. So we did reach a, even with a rolling average, twenty eight day rolling average, we reached over the one hundred percent mark in the old data set. Well, the new data set is here. I've tidied it up a bit, um, uh, and got rid of uh, bikes because with the, the the data set is no longer being updated. So we get rid of that. We're just looking at cars and taxis. Um, bus services, uh, non-TFL, and national rail services. So, um, uh, national rail services now in white to make it a bit clearer for us. Um, and what what can we see? Well, this is the whole thing. This is the twenty-eight day rolling average, um, and we're now into into or kind of reaching into March twenty twenty-four. And uh, what do we have here? Well, you can see that the new data set is has has got rid of that um, hundred percent uh, spike. So that's gone. Uh, but also, interestingly enough, it's, it's you can see that the, the spike has gone for um, for road as well. The road has only pitched above 100% once in 28-day rolling average. So, um, But yeah, so there, there we are. We'll, we'll perhaps keep looking at this and seeing what's going on. Um, you can see there's this sort of overall, I'd say, macro trend that, that appears to be reaching an asymptote 100%, which you'd expect given that the government is just not doing anything about um yeah firstly there's an enormous cost of living crisis which is going to be knocking everything um plus also as you as you might have noticed our rail rail network is in crisis and that there's only so long that that can go on for before um uh you're going to start hitting demand so or at least hitting ridership so anyway that's that we'll keep following that seeing if there's anything interesting to to read into it um what happened to the march 23rd ish dip uh, March 23 dip. Uh, that there is Christmas uh, 22-23. I, I need to play with the axis down here. I, I kind of didn't get around to tidying up. I'll, I'll probably change where that sits and, and so on and fix it. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, that was Christmas, I think. And likewise, this one um, is the Christmas drop and this one. So there's this this drop every every kind of Christmas. And this is the most recent uh, Christmas drop. So, so you get this sort of um, drop at Christmas. Um, I have excluded... Sorry, uh, they have they have reintegrated the Elizabeth Line data into into this 
uh, these figures, which is why I've now brought this back because they've they have allegedly reintegrated Elizabeth Line into the numbers, as they rightly should. So, so there we go. That's that. Now, before we crack on with the episode, um, we must shout out. This is episode two hundred six, so we must shout out the class, the tops class two hundred six. Um, here it is. It's not a thumper. This is a tadpole. Why is it a tadpole? Because it's a weird bodge of the old DMU thumper stock attached to an EMU driving trailer, which has obviously got a much... This has got the Hastings body profile here, and this has got the more common Mark I shape, body shape, um, and they just stitched them together and drove them around, and they politely called them tadpoles. I could think of other names they might have uh, got and indeed possibly received, but also this photo is... Very vibesy. It's got a nice, uh, nice rail alphabet here, uh, which is which is lovely. But also, it's got this advert for Simmons Land Agents, which is a Simmons Estate Agents on Wote Street in Basingstoke. Um, uh, there we go. And some very nice re rebalancing that's gone on here as well, uh, compared to, as opposed to the the platform track, which is in a bit of a mess. Anyway, I digress. Very nice vibesy picture. There you can see this. Um, uh, they're BR blue, rather fetching looking. What's interesting about these is these are in BR blue grey, whereas I presume the um, the although you can't tell, maybe the the, the driving trailer, the, the kind of the the driving trailer is also in um, BR blue grey. You can't tell because it's a bit further back, but also it, possibly it's in just the suburban full blue. Hard to tell. Anyway, yes, it's a DEMU. Uh, there we go. So without further ado. <laughs> Well, there we go. Uh, what can I say? I've audio described as best I can. That's a remark. You have to get people saying that things look grim back in the uh, back in the the seventies and eighties. But actually, this looks quite pleasant, quite smart, quite well looked after. Lovely. Um, if if a little sleepy. On with the show, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to tonight's rail matter. The Intercity 225 fades away. Sorry about the audio levels there. I was like, oh yeah, I made it quieter a second ago because I'm rubbish at um, podcasts. Um, let's get going. It's, it's news time. Actually, before the news, before the news, I need to breathe through your big face. Hello, it's me. Oh, is that really the framing? I suppose it is. You know, I'm just not not very close to the camera. Hello, everyone. Um, shout out to uh, Matthew Mertland and Richard Seville, who, um, after last week's episode, sent me, very kindly sent me their book, C-Link and Beyond, uh, the definitive history of C-Link. I haven't read through it yet, although I flicked through it and there's some very lovely pictures in it, but I'm very interested. They, they pick up some of the freight stuff, so I'm very interested to see if we can trace the freight story to see what happened. Um, there's loads of really nice things, very, very fetching, but lots of lovely pictures and lots of detailed history. Go in and, and have a look at that. I'd be interested to see um, uh, how it compares to my ad hoc history. But... Um, Thank you very much indeed uh, to, to, to Matthew and Richard for sending that through. Very kind. It's nice when people send me free stuff because I'm Scottish and free stuff is cool. Um, <laughs> no, uh, everyone likes free stuff. No, I'm here. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm attached. People are saying they thought they hadn't seen my face in ages. Um, very British railway aesthetic. Yes, it is. Um, right, so uh, as I drink some water out of a stolen pint glass, let us get back to the news. I'm going to put my miniature face in the top corner because it is a news app. Um, there we are. Roscoe Racket. This is standard fare for Rail Matter. You, you're all familiar with this sort of thing. 
but it's been you know, it's increasingly entering the mainstream. Here's Gwyn Topham of The Guardian um, pointing out the fact that um, train leasing companies, the Roscoe's, have seen their profits treble in a year with more than £400 million paid in dividends um, in 2022-23. It's funny, isn't it? 22-23, a year when we're saying, oh, the railway, you know, hemorrhaging money, and yet £410 million of money went to shareholders of organisations, companies that simply do not need to exist. They are middlemen, um, rent-seeking rent middlemen organisations who own the trains. There is no point that, that I had someone, someone on the, the Twitter um, saying, why, why, if, you know, if it's a free market, if there was, you know, if there was, you know, the, the other companies can come in and challenge that. It's not, the rolling stock market is not a free market. Like any high value market, it isn't a free market. There is, I, I don't think there's any real free market out there, but this is certainly not a free market. You know, you cannot send trains anywhere willy-nilly at the drop of a hat. You have to do driver training. You have to gauge clear the trains. The trains actually have to be right for the purpose of where they're going. They have to be the right traction motors. They have to, you know, they have to be the right power for the for the location they're going. They have to, uh, you know, and so on and so on and so on and so on. You cannot just pick them up and put them anywhere else. They also have to be pinned into contract complex contracts, hugely complicated contracts as part of the talk arrangement. So, the idea that it's a free market is just nonsense. So that you know that these trains do not just end up anywhere on the network. They go specifically where they've been tasked to go. Um, the Roscoe's have no function, no purpose. And all the functions that the Roscoe's do have, like, you know, maybe some some technological innovations here and there. Porterbrook do some really interesting innovations and bits and pieces. Um, Angel, some as well. I think Porterbrook are probably ahead of the charge on that front. Could just be done by the train operating companies or by a British Rail type organisation. You know, it's not like the Roscoe's are doing that uniquely off their own back. They're earning 410 million quid in dividends. Um, uh, you know, sorry, they're paying to 410 million quid in dividends alongside a lot of additional profit as well, by the way, because the shareholder dividends is not the end of the story in terms of profit. There's a reason their money gets squirreled away to low tax um uh, and the no tax havens uh, uh, and made obfuscation uh, obfuscation is made to happen on those numbers. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, you can pick out pick up the finance if you want to. Um, and uh, here we are, rail finance industry, uh, rail industry finance. The Office of Rail and Road published. This is where the stories come from. They published their April twenty two to March twenty three, so twenty two twenty three financial financial year twenty twenty two data. Um, going into those finances, lots of interesting stuff in there to pick out. Perhaps we'll go through it in an episode, maybe, if people are interested. But uh, yeah, within that, there's this interesting extract, which is um, 2.3, and 2.32, which I might just read verbatim, actually, from that document, from the ORR document. Total net profit margins for Roscoe has increased by 27.3 percentage points to 42% in the latest year. Compared with three years ago, net profit margins grew by 31%. This may be attributable to improved cost controls brought on by the mounting supply chain pressure. Interesting. So major increase in profit margins. Remember when people talk about inflation and say that it's to do with wages and investment. No, inflation is at the moment entirely because of profiteering. Uh, the next point, compared with five years ago, total income for Roscoe's decreased by 28%. Total costs decreased by 50%. And total net profit increased by 26%. Wait a minute. So their the income for Roscoe's decreased, but their profit margins increased. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. 
Uh, Roscoe has paid $410 million in dividends to shareholders in comparison to the previous year. This is up by $300 million. When compared with five years ago, total dividend payments are up 110%. So profits might be down, but dividend payments are up. Hmm. Modern finance nonsense. 2010s, 2020s era finance nonsense um, of the kind that Greensill will be proud of, I'm sure. All sorts of nasties going on in there. Um, the idea that they're making um, 42% profit on rolling stock is criminal. I mean, absolutely. It, it's it's just absolutely bonkers. And that's why they're not being touched, because they make a lot of people a lot of money. Um uh, yeah, the people who run these companies earn more than the people who are the, more than the board, you know, more than Andrew Haynes, uh, more than HS2's chair. More, they are very, very you know, multi-million pound salary type people here. Um, and the, the, the consequence is, as a friend of the show, Gary here, um, getting angry about um, useless train arrangements on the Great Western. Um, Seven-year-old, 125 mile an hour bi-mode express EMU running on a local commuter route, Bristol to Gloucester, with no electrification and speed less than 100 miles an hour. Meanwhile, um, the train to and from London is another five-car one just like that, and thus is rammed solid with people. Yeah, hopeless. If Gary, who is kind of trying trying to get on with life and <laughs> trying to think positively, if Gary's getting peeved by this stuff, then it must be incredibly aggravating. So Roscoe's doing the best they can to make the railways awful. Um, Devo Max, yes. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the, the mayoral devolution stuff. Um, th- there's a little bit to pick out here. Um, the, the 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 mayors, so Streety and um, uh, Burnham have uh, and Rotherham actually. So uh, uh, yeah, Andy Burnham, Steve Rotherham, and uh, Andy Street, the the mayors of the kind of the Midlands and, and Northwest, set, coming up with attempting to come up with alternative plans to delivering HS two up to Manchester. Um, none of them are good. The only good plan is build the thing that we've already spent billions of pounds designing, consulting preparing the supply chain to deliver um so i i yeah i'm not going to dwell much on the on the the, the details on, on these to be honest because i don't think there's there's much in them i don't think they're going to go anywhere because the, the the cities don't have the leverage to actually build strategic infrastructure like this um i don't entirely you know it's it's, it's a bit of political playing I, I'm, I'm not in you know it's possibly just trying to make government realize they should should actually do something about this it's probably also bed making for labor as well possibly but um, as we'll see in a minute, perhaps not on that front. And um, the other thing Burnham has come out and said is that devolving power to state uh, over stations to to um, Greater Manchester would uh, would see accessibility improve sooner. I do agree with that. I think that station. I mean, not least because I think that that as much as possible, urban networks should be devolved to the the, the city regions, as you all know. Um, what is a bit weird is this quote. I'm not so sure. Is um. Uh, Burnham saying there's an old railway culture that thinks the railway is more important than anything else. I mean, possibly, but I'm not sure quite. That's a, an easy thing to say. But it doesn't really seem to mean anything. So if there's some land near a station, often the station or his default approach would be, well, we might need that in 50 years. So you can't release that for housing. It's really frustrating. I wish that was true. Um, again, this is the sort of thing that if you have a spatial plan, you don't have to worry about that sort of thing. So in a way, devolving it to Manchester, he's, he's not wrong that it would be better used in that sense because... If you've devolved the infrastructure, then Manchester can decide what they're going to do in the, in the long-term future with their asset. They can think strategically. It's why it's best to have separate 
urban suburban networks owned by the city and separate to the national railway network will struggle to extricate Manchester's network in that way as, as for reasons previously discussed but um, I, I'm always wary of selling the, the irony is of course network rail has been forced to sell off a lot of very useful land um, although as we'll see in a minute uh, they have bought maybe one or two bits of land back that they ought not to have um, uh, lost in the first place anyway Talking of, uh, of devolution, of course, Jennifer Williams, always very good on writing about uh, devolved uh, events and activities up this end of the country. Uh, and it's 10 years since, um, uh, she's pointing out that it's 10 years since the Northern Powerhouse was invented. Uh, this is from an update to one of Burnham's committees a couple of days ago, um, saying that overall rail performance is now worse than it was eight years ago. Uh, yes, that's correct, isn't it? Embarrassing. Really quite embarrassing. Um, the high point was in 2016 when the, the franchises were awarded but the new stock hadn't arrived, so everything was, we were struggling, but at least there was stability. Um, demand was enormous and everything was overcrowded and horrible, but at least it was overcrowded, horrible and stable. I'd much prefer us to, I, I, I'm annoyed at how much we're withdrawing from timetable saying we need stability before anything else. Like, no, we need capacity. Stability is all fine and good, but if you're squeezing people off the network just so you can, we're not, we're not running a railway so that the railway works nicely. We're running a railway so that we can move people around. I'm, I, I, mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't hugely buy into this. Oh, let's just we're not we're not running the railway right now. Let's you know we need to get that right. Like, well, yeah, we do need to get that right, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't also be thinking about actually expanding the system. Um, uh, Ina has made a very interesting point, which is I don't think that a few plots uh, right next to urban stations is the issue causing the housing crisis, and the very very minor housing bill would be worth limiting future capacity growth. Agreed. Burnham was kind of making the point that you sell that land to pay for accessibility improvements. But I'd, again, I. Why not just do the accessibility improvements? You know, yeah. Why not have uh, you know value, you know, uh, land value uplift uh, stuff that the city can tap into to then fund those rather than selling off land. Anyway, uh, and then of course, Jen Williams. Um, just this tweet capturing a load of discussion that happened a few weeks back that I'm not going to dwell on, to be honest, because uh, it's just so obvious. Like a load of people make this huge fuss of like, oh. HS2 is going to make things worse north of north of Birmingham. It's like, yeah, that's what, that's, what been, that's what I've been saying the whole time. That's the whole point. That's why you build HS2 as HS2, not up to Birmingham and then run it on the existing line. The whole point is that it doesn't run on the existing line. That's the whole, that's the point I've been making this whole time. So of course rail capacity is worse when you don't build HS2. Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. So yeah, um, frustrating. Oh, money-saving expert brackets trains. Yeah, Martin Lewis has been tweeting about trains quite a bit, so I thought I'd just, you know, I don't know, talking point. First one is um, Martin Lewis being angry about East Midlands Railway, uh, taking a London Sheffield train, getting angry. Every seat taken, every standing space taken, scores sitting in mid-train corridors, so I guess 500 people on it, and only one working toilet, probably a lot more than 500, actually. Only one working toilet at one end. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, he clearly had an, a, a problematic toilet experience, I think, from this tweet. Um, also, uh, all at the blue tick, but anyway, whatever. Uh, but the other thing, Martin, so I, I, lots of people pointed out, yeah, this is why HS2 would fix, and without HS2, you cannot fix it. I was one of those people because I'm an insufferable tweeter. Um, the other thing which is interesting, and this just this is just standard fare, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, standard stuff that we see is um, enormous. Uh, Martin was asking, should the railways be fully fully renationalised? Um, Obviously, and, and David Turner 
tweeted, Dr. DT tweeted out uh, thing that the reality is that nationalization, privatization debate is much more complicated. It is much more complex, and obviously it's part nationalized. In fact, largely, it's, you know, the ish you know we're still we're still sort of um privatizing the profits and the reward and and nationalizing the risk and the and the, the failure but um that doesn't mean that the public don't have an appetite for the railways to be greatly improved and you know 80,000 well, 72 at the, the point that I did the screenshot 1000 people it's a good good 72,500 people is a decent decent number of people and just an enormous majority of people are are going uh, you know yes please renationalize the railways just an enormously popular um, popular policy. Oh, I forgot one more Devo Max that that, that got lost in my rearrangement of these slides uh, because, uh, as ever these days, everything's a bit more last minute. Sorry. Um, where next for Transport for Wales? Yeah, um, TFW. This is Lee Waters, uh, the the nominally the transport uh, kind of head of the Senate. I can't remember. I can't remember what their the, the titles are. That's part of me. Gareth, let me know. Thank you. Uh, the Rolling Stock certainly is not nationalised. Yeah, is that poll still going? Yes, I think it is actually. I think it is. You can go and find that poll from Martin Lewis. Go find it and, and get tweeting. Anyway, um, Amanwi, what's Amanwi saying? Uh, he's saying TFW version one was about procuring, designing, and delivering a better railway. Okay, very nice. Uh, TFW version two is about joining up all forms of public transport and designing them to be the easiest way to make most journeys. Yes, Wales is continuing to be further ahead than the rest of the UK on this stuff. Uh, so uh, at some point, I want to dig into this. Let's have a proper think about it. I don't know if there's, this is just, at the moment, it's just a speech. But if there's anything more firm coming out, Gareth, you might have, um, other Gareth, Gareth in the chat might well have spotted um, if, 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 if there's been any, any official documentation accompanying it. Um, I'll have a look. Uh, if so, we're long overdue a Wales episode anyway. Um, Deputy Minister for Climate Change. Yes, but covering the transport brief. I believe Lee Waters is also covering the transport brief. Anyway. Oh, no, is he not? But Well, he, he, his policies overlap with transport because he does a lot of transport stuff. Anyway. Um, what woe. This is very much a... Uh, this is very much a... <laughs> ...moment. Because... Um, uh, Louise Haig tweeting about back in, at the end of January tweeting about uh, Jürgen Meyer leading an independent review into rail and urban transport um, considering how a future government can accelerate connectivity and inspire confidence in Britain's ability to deliver infrastructure again great Paul Bigland old Biggers pointing out so what's the point of such a review when Keir Starmer has already uh, prejudged the outcome um, when it comes to building HS2 to Manchester um, can't you see how that destroys your credibility well yeah fair point from from paul there uh, also if you're losing paul from labor then you yeah um bad times from, from current labor uh jürgen meyer's response however is the what oh because this is a really i have a lot of time for jürgen but this response is bad the wording of keir starmer's statement was that we can't bring back hs2 as it was originally conceived what why why not no land so it's a, uh, I'll my response to that was why can't we no land has been sold off it's unlikely there'll be any impediment to progressing HS2 as envisaged pre-IRP following the next general election why not Jürgen what, what's why can't we bring HS2 back as it was originally conceived what's changed has the demand changed no have the costs changed actually no they haven't in the last two or three years um hmm so Jürgen is saying, sadly, that does seem to be the case. Oh, 
But my understanding is that creating higher capacity through... Oh, this is where it gets worse, folks. Through other more cost-effective and innovative means is not ruled out. I'm blinking into the camera. Uh, ooh. What other means? This is just standard non-anti-HS2 shit. This is the standard stuff that, that, that I've been dealing with from, from anti-HS2 people for years. There are better alternatives. Signaling can do the job that HS2 can. No, it can't. <laughs> it cannot do that. Oh, you can get more fast trains on the existing... No, you, you, you can't. Do you know how much money's been spent currently on TRU per mile, including the whole length of the route? So that's dividing by a lot of kilometres. It's £120 million per mile. That's how much... That's the same as HS2. That's how more, in fact. That's how much this stuff costs. That's how much on-network work costs. Have we forgotten how badly West Coast route modernization went? Have we forgotten how West Coast route modernization is what Jürgen is describing here? And it was an enormous and almighty shit show. Ugh. Anyway, oh yeah. Also, yeah. Don't 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 laugh too much at Jurgen's blue tick. I'm not gonna. I'm not writing off Jurgen's review yet. We'll review. We'll put it on Rail Natter, and it, it, maybe we'll even get Jurgen on to talk about it. But this this does not fill me with confidence. In fact, this this is this is bad. This is very bad. Um, uh, Ina's right. Can't bring it back because no engineering company will be mad enough to work with the UK government anymore. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Um, uh, Richard Moody is saying, yes, Lee is doing transport because they see transport as being key for climate change. Absolutely. I think that is the, the general logic in Wales right now. Um, so let's change and talk about something else. Martin Adam Haynes. Uh, hello, Martin. Um, pointing out uh, the new station at Wixom's um, or, or upgraded to the station. Um, and it seems that, that, that this station features a clock tower from the new network rail medium to small stations design manual. Ooh, now does it? So let's let's jump into these pictures and have a look. These are the these are the the Wixom renders, and uh, below are the 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 Explorer Station Widmerpool uh, fake renders. Let's see if they they seem to match. There seems to be there's Wixoms. There seems to be some matching going on here. Um, it's got the, the there's the there's the clock tower. This this clock tower has got a little clock. This one's got a big central clock. But it does have a clock. They seem to be taking some of these design cues. Like, yeah, I, I, I think there possibly is. I think possibly, maybe? Question mark. Um, yeah. Richard Moody is saying Jurgen then said on question time that business wants HS2 built and we should, uh, uh, we should do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I. Hopefully the response. By the way, uh, jumping back to Jurgen's tweet, if I may, Jurgen got appallingly ratioed. 20 people liked his tweet, 300 people liked my tweet, and he had 45 messages, he had 45 replies to his tweet of people dragging him. So I, I, you might have noticed that, hopefully realised <laughs> how ridiculous what he said was. Um, I do like the new clock tower design, uh, Ina. Oh, the new, you, you like the new one more than the old one. That's interesting. Uh, so the one at the top is the, is the, old, is the new one. This is, this is uh, new is uh, up here, uh, and uh, uh, old is down here um yeah I, I it's not bad it could do with uh with a, a couple of these yeah it could do with it, it could do with some double arrows you know uh, anyway just me okay the other thing is you go into the website of explore station and it does seem to have died a bit of a death the report was published back at the end of 2022 which we didn't go into maybe we'll pick that up and have a, a quick flick through um 
but there's still the, the detailed design delivery guidance. I don't know if the guidance, the, the network rail guidance, in fact, we can Google it, can't we? Network rail small and medium station guidance. Uh, design guidelines. There we are. Oh. Well, there we go. So let's let's get this up here. Uh, let's go with this. So here is oh I did not uh, so here we go there we are live in episode we get to discover some stuff. I didn't realise that this had actually manifested into that they've got the nice kit of parts thing going on here, um, and uh, the the kind of general arrangement situation. Uh, visual, uh, the, the print was good design. It's very nice, isn't it? It's got the Widmerpool. Oh, they've expanded on the Widmerpool visual concept, which is quite nice. Existing shelter, proposed shelter, hub station. Uh, look at this. Oh, this is nice. Um, oh, yeah, that, this is nice. I, I like this. Uh, community, this is the community stuff. Uh, lovely community space uh, toolkit. So here's the kit of parts. Welcome mat activity frame, which is a fun way to describe uh, that. Oh, this is not bad, is it? It's the, there's the little paper model there, and there's the so they've still got these the, the cladding option. They've still got the, the the offset clock. I think I prefer the offset clock also because of the double arrow. I think that is quite smart. And they, they've, they've, we've seen a different one turning. There's t there's lots of yeah. So it's all timber louvers and stuff. I'm not sh mm, looking at this now. I'm not so sure that the one we've seen for Wixom's is this. It might be what might have happened is a consultancy might have just kind of quickly mocked something up that emulates this rather than actually uh, de de kind of delivering the the precise sort of um, uh, works here. But uh, yeah, this is nice, isn't it? Look at this. Look at these different configurations. Oh, lovely. That's very nice. Um, I love these design guidelines. We really need to get. Um, Anthony and Frank on to talk about these. They're lovely. They're really nice. Look at this. RA2 uh, as well going on in there. Um, yeah, look at this. Access access, access and inclusivity. That's uh, uh, good, isn't it? Environmental sustainability. Oh, yeah. Embodied carbon of the whole thing. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, so they talk about different bits that have embodied carbons. Methodology behind working out how you do it, construct it, trying to make it cheap and, and quick and scalable and nice materials, but keeping the kind of keeping the general vibe. I, I like this a lot. Yeah, it's a different materials you can pick. Feature walls that have different, different certain materials. Look at that. Oh, it's it's very nice landscaping. Look at this. Look at this. Isn't it great? These are fantastic guidelines. They're very very good. Fair play. Okay, so then this is the landscaping toolkit and and kind of local vernacular and. All this good stuff, the MEP here, MEP bits, lighting, yeah, station lighting, very important. Look at this, maintenance, how you maintain it, very very important. Cost of procurement. So there are, so there's the, the, the cost of, oh, cost of all the bits. So there's all the bits here, inclusive cost breakdown by element. Also, oh, we can design our own, you can go and download this now, I just Googled it, and you can start designing your own stations, folks. Look at this, this is fun, isn't it? Oh, the fun we could have. Um, all the various functional requirements, fine. Good, 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 good. Base configurations overview again. And Oh, look, this is this is a bit more detail about what the stations could look like. The, the most simple form, look, category F. Simple, simple, super simple station. Uh, these are just a bunch of appendices. Fine, lovely. Um, buff theme, red theme. 
Oh, planting. Look at that lovely planting. Marvellous. Various landscape scenarios. Uh, scenario, 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 scenario. Fine. Uh, fine image credits. There's lots of 7N architect outputs. Marvellous. Uh, there's Frank and Anthony at the top there. Who else is in here? Uh, working Any familiar faces? Uh, no, 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 none I recognize. Uh, actually, I don't Caroline on there. Uh, and yeah, okay, cool. Nice. There you go. Uh, design guideline two. I love the network really design guidelines. I think they're great. Anyway, right. Having Googled that, I lost all your comments. Uh, let's see. Um, Crayon episode. Yeah, that's it. What is this document? So that is the network rail. What was it? Network rail, small and medium station design guidelines. You can Google it. You can download it yourself. Uh, a little bit of hostile bench architecture snuck in. You know, you can't give the homeless people anything good. Obviously, that's a, that, that's sarcasm, folks, just in case you need that clear. And that, you could, annoyingly, you can probably get a very clean drop of that. Anyway, um, Paris says SUV off, sov off. That's the joke, folks. It's a visual joke in the Chiron. Um, or do they, brackets, question mark, because this is a bit cheeky. Parisians have voted to increase parking rates for SUVs in the French capital. No. Parisians have voted to increase parking rates for SUVs for people who don't live in Paris in Paris. So if they live, if you live, if you're a Parisian and you have an SUV, your parking has stayed the same. However, it's still some minor progress. I, I, this progress is incremental. Um, so uh, it's a bit cheeky, but it's still, you know, th th we're starting to see some action to curb, you know, an acknowledgement that large cars are dumb and stupid and we need to get rid of them. So that's you know, minor progress, not quite as, as with all the French transport stuff we've announced, including like, caps on uh, on on fl domestic flights related to high-speed rail and stuff like that there's always a, a bit of a caveat in the, in the law but at least you know the fact that it exists uh, and things can happen but also yeah suvs suck uh, you're exactly right hannah um spot on privatization brackets uh, sorry privatization rabbit ears good this is a tweet from alan smith who's uh, one of the ft's uh, graphics uh, kind of and, and data viz people sometimes you make a chart that surprises yourself um, and this chart is, zoom in on the large pink version, Reservoir Drought. The UK has not delivered a new facility this century. New reservoirs since 1800, by date of completion. So, here is the, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of stuff going on. There's some really big ones, 1850, uh, early 1900s, uh, kind of a really, really big one being delivered in, 19, in, in 1960. You know, a big sort of surge uh, in, in, in kind of these, oh, and then what happens to this is stop. And what's this stop? The stop is this big stop when we've delivered bugger all. 1989, what happened there? Do you remember when we talked about privatization and we had a letter about about water privatization? Well, yeah, that happened in 1989. Since then, not a single new reservoir. The, the couple that do go beyond that line were being built already. So they were being, they're, they're state initiated and were delivered just at the back end of, of you know, justice as the private companies picked up and not a thing delivered since and lots of people are saying well that's because you know planning has got in the way it's like i mean planning didn't change overnight in 1989 so what lots of other people say well you know conditions have changed it's like oh yeah sure they've been privatized and those companies don't want to invest in anything and it's also like well but the planning stops private companies doing it, it was like well that's a good that's another good reason for them not to be for this stuff not to be done by private companies Water being run by private companies is baffling and insane. What's the rule that I came up with? I can't remember. Was this in a, was this in a Natter? I can't remember. The, the, the rule, or maybe it's not the rule I came up with in Natter. Maybe it's something I've written in the book. The rule of whether something should be privatized or not is, it's very simple. It's like, 
what happens if it goes bust? Can it go bust? Can water? Can a water company go bust and just fall over and disappear? No. It would have to be taken over by someone else so that water continues arriving into people's taps. Therefore, it should not be run by a private company. Can the internet fall over? Could you switch off the internet in a city? You know, could Virgin, could overnight, if OpenReach, all of OpenReach just stopped working, could, would that be allowed to happen? No, it wouldn't. Therefore, OpenReach should be a publicly owned asset, not a private company. You can do this for loads of stuff. The banks. If a bank falls over, is it allowed to fail? No, it gets bailed out. Should it therefore be a private entity? No, probably not. Um, could you spin bits of banks out into being smaller private entities? Maybe, probably, you know, you know, if you spun it to a thing that's small enough to fail, it's probably not much use to anyone anyway. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's my thoughts. Privatization, very simple rule. If it can fall over, you know, okay, a company that makes, I don't know, these glasses. Or, I tell you what, my favorite shower gel provider, Original Source. If Original Source fell over as a company and went bust, would they, would they be allowed to go bust? Yes, they would be gone. There'd be no more original source shower gel, and I'd probably end up getting the, the cheap Sainsbury's version instead. Um, therefore, that's a company that, that can be private. That's fine. Um, the company that makes uh, yeah. Tony's Chocoloni. Tony's Chocoloni went bust. Is that allowed to happen? Yes. The company that makes Tony's Chocoloni, which is a shifty Swiss company that is much more dubious than its branding would make you think, it can go bust, and that would be fine. Um, would not... Uh, would not be a problem. You know, the company that makes these scissors, which is uh, Maphead, could they go bust? Yes. Another company, you'd have to buy scissors from another company. That's, you know, that... Can the Ordnance Survey go bust? Borderline. That's an interesting use case. Probably not, because a lot of government stuff relies on Ordnance Survey, therefore should it be a state company, or should it be state-owned, or should it be public... Uh, sorry, be pri a private company? Hmm. Yeah. And on and on. This connects, uh, reached the point of uh, the galaxy brain moment, which is, can Google go bust? No, they can't. Google could not go bust. Too much stuff relies on it. Therefore, it should not be a private company. You've realized it. This connect, spot on. Um, and uh, Richard Fraser standing up and singing the international. Absolutely. Would I nationalize sausages? Uh, Jamie Potts asks. Uh, I Trying to think what food providers couldn't go bust. Uh, would I let wall sausages go bust? Uh, no, I, I think you're right. I would have to nationalize sausages. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, there we go. So let's talk about Wortley Curve briefly. Um, Andy Karras, by that logic, WhatsApp can never be allowed to go bust because the government seems to run on it. But the thing is, WhatsApp probably can't go bust because a lot of government services actually use WhatsApp. So WhatsApp probably should be a public entity or at least should be gobbled indeed um i like the rule of if its absence kills people it shouldn't be sold for profit <laughs> i think that's a that that reduces the the, the venn diagram that reduces the circle a little bit nationalized excel yeah microsoft yeah very much excel again yeah could you run another service yeah there we go anyway right so uh what else am i gonna uh, talk about yeah Wortley curve Wortley curve when leads uh, there's this bit of railway here, um, and uh, and uh, yeah, Network Rail have nabbed it for what was it? A cool forty-six thousand pounds, I think, which is quite a lot more than the original asking price was, which is a bit strange, in honesty. But there we go. What is this though? Um, Wortley Curve is here, 
So we are in. Uh, there are. This is this is Wortley Curve here. There it is. Uh, there's this the the old court. What is it? Well, here's Leeds Station over here. Here's Leeds Station. Marvelous. Um, and uh, so this way is is to York, uh, which is which is fun. Uh, this way is to uh, this way is to uh, Normanton and other places. Uh, and uh, I mean, yeah, well, like uh, what is it? Yeah, Normanton and, and other such places, th th that that direction, you know. Um, uh, this is to this up here is to uh, is to well, this is to Harrogate, uh, Harrogate. Uh, this is to is is up Airedale, Wharfdale, uh, nice, you know, locally, etc. This is uh, to uh, Bradford, and this is to, is that right? I think it's right. Yes, this is to this is this goes up. This is the the, the kind of the old road, right? The old L and L and Y R route, and then this is the way to um, down to so down here is. Uh, taking you to uh, Morley and Huddersfield, and down here is taking you to. Uh, you know what's funny is that the next slide was a slide I intended to do all these arrows on. You'll see why in a second. Down here is to Wakey. Uh, what is it? Outwood and then Wakefield. Um, it is weird that this all. The thing is, we jump to this one. What, what's it actually enabling? Let's go back. The Wortley curve is is here. So here it is this is this is the Wortley curve. Uh, connecting this way and then connecting this this down, down here and and also this way over here as well uh, because the rail network is a bit is a bit weird in this part of the world. So um, it's actually skipping leads and allowing you to basically go direct from Brad Bradford to. So I don't operationally. I'm not not sure. Is it that use, it's useful for us to own the rail? We should own the land. Um, it might even be able to enable temporary de development on it, on the premises that it could could get wiped off if if they needed it. But I don't know what you'd actually use that for. What 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 are we actually using it for here? Because if if you want to, do you want to go? I, mean, I suppose it would enable um, direct to enable direct Bradford to to London services that don't have to turn back in Leeds. That would enable that, but I don't know if you want that sort of service. I, I for one, am not sure about having a direct Bradford to London service anyway, um, unless it was on a dedicated network, like, you know, the, the Transpennine main, main line um, tied into HS2. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I have mixed feelings on this one. Um, yeah. Freight bypass, though, is, is a very good point. So it's it's pointing out that you can use it to to for freight if you connect it up through Bradford, which is which is mostly impossible. Yeah. So freight is certainly an option. Um. Yeah. That's a very good point. Thanks everyone for for writing me. Passenger perspective not so useful, but for freight for sure. Um. All right. Okay. We have to talk about Houston. We have to talk about this thing. Oh, um. I can hear the little one being sad. This is not turning out to be a very Good night. We've had a run of good nights, and tonight is not one of those, which is not not so good. Um, sorry, forgive me just a sec, so I can work out exactly how disastrous it's been. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry everyone. <laughs> I'm being distracted by the um, trials and tribulations of my darling little one. Um, so this stupid thing. It, look, it's this it's this big advertising board. What's fun about this big advertising board is all the photos I've seen of it recently, it's either been blank or has had a screensaver on, which is quite funny to me. <laughs> because no one wants to advertise on it because it's very unpopular. Uh, possibly also because the prices are extortionate for what they're, you know, they're probably asking for an enormous uh, extortionate um, question. People are asking what the, I'm going to jump back here, what are the white bits of track? Uh, those are tunnels. Uh, Zide it, if you're just wondering. These are, these are tunnels. This this what we got. There's uh, 
I can't remember. So there's Morley Tunnel. Uh, what's the other big one that's here? Uh, I don't actually remember the name. I don't know the names of the, the old road tunnels very well along here because I've never really worked on this line. Um, yeah, I have worked on this line. I was PE on this line for, admittedly, a quite a short space of time. Those of you who know what that means will know what that means. Anyway, I digress. Sorry, Houston, this thing, stupid. Um, I, they, it's ridiculous it was installed. Um, it's hideous. It it's, uh, just wrecks the aesthetic of the station as well. It's just just horrible. What a horrible, horrible idea. What were they thinking? Could they run all rail natters on it? Should we uh, crowdfund to, to pay to put rail natter on it? That would be fun, wouldn't it? Um, they want to put the bouncing DVD screensaver on it. Hannah, Hannah Goodliffe, everyone. Uh, that is, that's the best comment of the night, I think, on there. Um, anyway, lovely, lovely, right. So, the Infrastructure and Projects Authority, also known as the IPA for some reason, um, is uh, announcing this planned investment by 2024-25 of £164 billion. Pounds. 700 to 775 billion of planned and projected investment expected over the next 10 years. What is this investment? To find out, you have to put all your details into a website. There is no just a publicly accessible, easy-to-access map. So big boo shout-out to that. Um, <laughs> Katie Fenn, there's one thing I like about the Houston ad board, and that's uh, my single most popular tweet of all time. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's a very good point. Put games of Pong on it. Uh, what about the Warp Speed Stars screensaver? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, the, the IPA here announcing this wonderful land of uh, of cheese and wine and, and investment. What is this investment? 660 projects and, and programs across the public and private sectors in the pipeline of investment. It's such a, just, this, this for me is like, what is the point of the IPA? <laughs> What's the point in them? What are they telling us here? What's this information? What does any of this mean? What's the value of any of this investment? What if this investment is useful and what if it is a waste of time and actually just burning carbon? What, what, what's, what's going on here? This and then you have the National Infrastructure Commission that's also a government body. Like, what are these? We have the bonfire of the Quangos and yet the IPA exists and the, the National Infrastructure Commission exists. Also, the idea that there is a pipeline is a joke because it's like, well, what? No, there isn't. The, the, the real investment that we need to see into things like sustainable transport, there is no... Where's where the sustainable transport investment in any of this? There's none. There isn't any. Uh, they got rid of it all. Uh, is my life a joke to you, IPA? Go away. Anyway, talking of which, this this, this new report has come out, and it says all the stuff that we know the answer to already. This BCG report, this this kind of um, think tanky type consultancy, is, is the Centre for Growth um, bet report, benchmarking UK infrastructure delivery against peers. Just another report going, the UK is bad at stuff, and what can we learn? Um, uh, well... So uh, co-authored uh, among the authors is, is Raoul Ruparel here. Um, it's on a little thread breaking it down. Uh, and also there's the there's, there's, there's kind of an article. You know, there's an article here that maybe we go through in a future episode. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much it, I'm not sure how much it says that is particularly informative is the thing. Uh, so there's, there's the thread there that, that we could potentially go through. There's a key point, a few points that Andy Bruce from Reuters point out, point out. The UK is the worst for cost overruns versus peers. Uh, rail construction unit cost is twice as high as the global average. Uh, UK road projects cost double that of France. Pre-construction phase is slowest in the UK. We take a long time to, to get to the point where we're building things. Yeah, that's, that's all true. But how much of that is actually instructive? That's the thing. So this is what so this is kind of what the project what's reckoned by this report. Ill-defined projects from government vision, budget, and time. Good recipe for fa recipe for faff uh, cost. Yes, agree with that. 
the annoying one that bothers me, which is generically just waving your arms around and saying a planning system. Okay, but what about it? Uh, the procurement system gives illusion of risk reduction, but really it's a costly buck-passing game. Yeah, well, that kind of matches what we've talked about with, with contractor uh, structure, fragmented construction industry. Oh, we've talked about that before. Interesting. No strategic objectives. Oh, we have talked about that. So some of this is interesting because it's a report saying some of the stuff I've been saying for a while. Um, so, hmm. Uh, yes, so... This is an interesting one. BCG says addressing these problems is an urgent priority to the UK to have, is to have any hope of reviving economic growth in the long run. Will the UK do this? N no, no, it won't. Anyway, let's jump to another news article, um, which we can't because uh, Japan Today did this weird thing. Did they do this with all their articles? Because there's a very interesting article pointing out all the problems that Chuo Shinkansen is currently having. And then I went into the article again to, to get the screenshot and the the article has expired is no longer available any related articles and user comments are shown below so i can't tell you what was happening exactly uh, what what why 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 have they got rid of an article what kind of weird journalism is this does anyone know why japan today today do this is this just a standard thing they do or is it because they've been told to take the article down because it was a bit close to the bone i don't know Japan has weird levels of authoritarianism in certain aspects of public, of public and private, uh, and indeed private life. So, weird one. Thoughts on a postcard? Uh, but I don't know. The, the the overall theme of this one, though, was to summarise the article. There are several fairly fundamental stalemates within the construction of of, of Chuo. There are major problems on the construction overall, um, and it's looking less and less likely that it, it, it that it's going to deliver on time. Um, it's looking more likely that it's going to be delayed by a large number of years. Uh, so, yeah, very strange that uh, that Japan today have, de have deleted an article on such a... Uh, yeah, Andy Karras is saying that the news expired, went off, they had to throw it in the bin. Sorry, folks. Yeah, exactly. It's, it started smelling a bit funny. Right. To our uh, eponymous Californian hydrogen train nonsense. Yes, indeed. What is this all about? So... We've been following this for a little while. Caltrans uh, looking into their strategy over how to power their their trains, um, how to power their their, their kind of routes. Um, the state's first ZE equipment procurement for deployment on Valley Rail. ZE in this case, I think, is referring to like hydrogen, uh, nasty zero emissions equipment. ZE is zero emissions equipment, but they mean hydrogen. The only is it's not zero emissions because the hydrogen question is is like brown hydrogen. It's like really horrible. Nasty hygiene. Um, uh, yeah, you know, very relevant to today's topic. Germany cancelled all investments into hydrogen transport solutions, including trains and cars. Oh, you know, have you got a link to that? Do you want me to make you a spanner? You can drop a link in, because I'd be interested to... Uh, oh, I'm going to make you a spanner, forgive me. Uh, no, add as moderator. Yeah, standard moderator, save. You know, you're now a spanner. I hope you don't take offence, but it'd be great if you could drop a link to that, because I, I could do it picking that up. Because Germany, yeah, certain parts of Germany have already put moratoriums on hydrogen as being a very bad idea, so it's funny if, the, if that was a Germany-wide moratorium, that'd be good. Not that Germany's in a particularly healthy state at the moment. In fact, there's a lot going wrong in Germany right now. Good grief. The Germans are not okay. Um, uh, right, GDR Riley, California rail nerd here, ready for questions. In fact, GDR Riley, I feel like your might have been some of your tweets that I was inspired by um, uh, Right, there we go. I've opened that link there. So that's done. Thanks, Ina. Very useful. Um, yeah, federal government. Yeah, crikey. There we go. Let's, let's, let's bring this up. So this is a useful context. Um, uh, let me just... Da, 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 so for the benefit of everyone here, translate to English. There we go. 
the hydrogen affair in the Vising Ministry. Now, wait a minute, that, that's that's. Can I untranslate? Can I, can I? If I refresh it, uh, too late. I don't know, German, right? Okay. Uh, die Wasserstoffaffäre im Wissung Ministerium uh, hat nun auch uh, finanziell, finanzielle uh, Folgen. Uh, vol, uh, forest. Oh, anyway, I, I, I won't. I won't pay any reading. Um, for the time being, no new money will be approved for funding projects of this type. Uh, the background is the suspension of nepot the suspicion of nepotism. The Federal Ministry of Transport is no longer approving any new funds for hydrogen funding for the time being. I mean, this is a dreadful translation. Good grief. The AI doesn't know what it's doing. This emerges from an internal letter from the Secretary of State, Stefan Schnorr. Hell of a name there, folks. Stefan Schnorr. Which is available to the DPA news agency, the Der, Der, Der Spiegel, uh, first reported about it. The letter went on to say that no contracts on the subject of hydrogen should be entered into until further notice. In the event of a material and temporal irrefutability, a justified exception can only be made after approval by the Secretary of State level. Um, suspicion of irregularities in the allocation of funds. Last week, Federal Minister Volker Vissing drew personal co personnel con Oh dear, this translation is dreadful. I should actually just do it in German. I can probably translate better than Google have. Um, relieved the head of the hydrogen department, Klaus Bonhoff, of his duties with immediate effect. The reason given was that the necessary relationship of trust between the minister and the department... Oh, this is spicy. Doubts about the investigation report. Oh, I love this. Okay, so yeah. Basically, they've gone, oh, there's a lot of corruption in this whole hydrogen racket. Seems suspiciously like... Um, seems very much suspiciously like uh, uh, the, 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 the hydrogen is in fact a thing to, to compel public transport to continue to maintain the fossil fuel status quo. Ha. Huh. Ha. Huh. Anyway, right. So, GDR Riley is in the chat. So if you have questions, ask GDR Riley. Ooh, here we go. Um, go Biz and Arches are fighting proposed requirements from the Fed for very strict requirements for green hydrogen production. Interesting. Um, the background is the suspicion of nepotism. Yeah, I love this stuff. Canadian Pacific has a big hydrogen uh, freight locomotive project converting diesels to hydrogen. Uh, dreadful idea. Absolute waste of time. Just use, if you're going to use hydrogen, you're better to use diesel. Just bloody put wires up. Anyway, let's have a look. So we have six uh, transport corridors. Uh, we have uh, three intercity routes, capital corridor, the San Joaquin's. Uh, my Spanish pronunciation, dreadful there. Sorry, everyone. And the Pacific Surfliner. Uh, new routes to be zero emissions. Uh, Valley Rail and uh, future zero emission routes, Central Coast and Antelope Valley. So all these various bits and pieces. Uh, all of these route lengths are uh, pretty long. Valley Rail is only 118 miles, and Antelope Valley is only 76 miles. So there's lots of stuff about stations and fine, 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 fine. Um, you can see here, options, they're saying, I don't know what this, this is just options thing, they're saying, we're going to do, we're going to procure flirts, and also we're going to look at hydrogen fuel cell locomotives. It's like, oh, God. Okay. And then there's this middle slide that we're going to pick out in a bit more detail, and then there's there's a little puff slide. This is from a bunch, a bunch of slides. That I think we're like Freedom of Information Act, like Freedom of Information request, or at least possibly screenshotted by an insider. Um, and it's like, okay, yeah, the flare is a good train, but the hydrogen fuel cell thing, like, okay, they can swap that out and put pantograph in the in the top and fine. The flare's a good train, but hydrogen is not a good solution for this stuff. Just put up wires. Um, uh, GDR Riley pointing out some other is North Valley Rail, which is Sacramento to to uh, Chico. Yeah, Stadler apparently laughed when uh, Calster asked for hydrogen locos. Yeah, I, I, of course they would, because this this is nominally viable. Uh, hydrogen locos to carry big trains ain't. Yeah, 
uh, especially yeah hydrogen has lots of use go back to our hydrogen episode hydrogen uh the, well, the most recent hydrogen episode uh was about hydrogen for heating homes and uh and ways that you should be in the hydrogen hierarchy and what we should be using hydrogen for because we have to for an industrial process and what we really should not be using hydrogen for um but let's pick out the middle slide because the middle slide is the really painful one here so assessment dimension so these are the metrics so environmental technical and operational economical and synergistic which is a rather strange looking thing i'm not sure about so today diesel fine uh operationally great uh, environmentally nay great uh, economical uh, pretty expensive fuel is pretty expensive so the next one then is uh ren diesel i presume it's like uh like biodiesel type situation no difference operationally uh, environmental mediocre dubious fine okay fine so that, 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 that's that's fair enough so then the three our three the, the classic kind of combination the three combination things batteries hydrogen electrification so we know that for fast frequent or freight services batteries and hydrogen are both useless uh-uh not going to this so in terms of greenness um batteries good apparently electrification good apparently but hydrogen is excellent somehow they've put a one against this to say please note that hydrogen is a solution for the in-city fleet is not intended to serve as a general recommendation okay that that's not the asterisk i'll be putting here my asterisk that i'll be putting here is huh electrification requires a capital outlay it requires a carbon outlay but the carbon outlay is absolutely minuscule compared to the outlay a of um sourcing this hydrogen but also b of running a train with much less capacity therefore much less people or things being moved around in this case much far fewer people because you're hauling a load of hydrogen around so this is this, this i don't see where they've come gdr riley your thoughts yeah this is this is just painful it's not FOI. It was, it was public it is public on the necg website oh, thanks gdr rally very very useful um ugh, yeah the class one freight railroads uh, own the route right of way and they make the rules absolutely they oppose continuity because it involves making something um well this is yeah um california is it does own some infrastructure and it's looking to own more yeah well that would be nice wouldn't it gdr rally it would help the situation but even then california seemed to not care um the the idea that you're putting electrification is not the most environmental option here because it's the highest capacity therefore you're driving the most modal shift you'd create the most capacity you create the most potential to take people out of the cars um they are right that uh electrification is by far the, the 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 best operational option it's actually quite a lot better than these two i'm surprised these are equivalent to electrification well, electrification is a lot better than diesel um in terms of operationals uh what's funny is electrification is put at red for economical what 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 uh, over what measure because it's red because you have to spend a bit of upfront money but you could, there's a thing there's a thing called getting a loan and you take a loan out and then you buy the thing that's upfront expensive and then you pay it back by the by the net present value benefits of having a good system hmm yeah so this is obviously bunkum and then the synergistic bit why is that what's why is that mediocre compared to the batteries and hydrogen stuff what so what is the, what is this what is this rubbish 
What on earth is this? Next Generation Equipment Committee, NGEC. This is absolute gibberish. What are they on about? GDR Riley, what? What? Yeah, GDR Riley pointing out the classic problem. Same in the UK. Modal shift isn't even considered for emissions reduction. And CARB is considered, um, what is that, the California Rail Board, possibly? Uh, Railroad Board? Uh, forgive me if I'm, I'm not getting that acronym right. Has considered punishing operators for running more diesel service. Like, hydrogen is, like, borderline the same as diesel in terms of it's 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 kind of overall benefit like you get the hydrogen gives you the benefit of, of, of getting rid of the nasty direct kind of air quality emissions but it's this is such a mess this is such a mess <laughs> oh my goodness me this is this is baffling nonsense i i don't i just don't i don't uh, yeah the ngec will provide national leadership in standardization acquisition and management of passenger rail equipment oh. Well, so far, nay great. You know, the irony is they've got a picture of a TGV. This is a TGV that they've put the picture of at the front here. This is a an Alstom sort of mid-generation TGV, very much powered by catenary. Anyway. Uh, assume synergies that you can't run electric without wires. Impossible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The synergistic is surely like... Oh, if you have wires, then that means the freight system can run with wires as well. And actually, everyone benefits because wires are so much cheaper to run a railway with, with an electrified railway than it is to run a diesel railway over the, you know, kind of the, the scale of, of, of freight movement. Not to mention that coming, kind of coming, if, you, if the class one's electrified, given the gradients coming over, the, over down into, you know, over the Rockies and down to the coast, some of those freight trains could, could like basically put, they'd probably generate enough electricity to, depending on whether they're taking uh, empties or fulls down the hill, they could probably generate enough electricity to, to send a train going up the other side. If you've got, if it's a full train going down the hill and an empty going up, you'd probably generate enough electricity to send to, to send the empty train up the hill for free. Um, this is a way, this works, Sweden has this, or is it, Swe it is Sweden, I think, in the north of Sweden, they have this. They have a train that, because of the fact there's a mining operation, it generates all of its own. It's almost like it's it's not quite, but almost it's a perpetual motion machine because the train goes down the hill full of stuff, and it regeneratively breaks to puts power back into the grid, which is easily enough to then send that train back up the hill again. So you know, uh, uh, frustrating. Um, yeah, wires famously hard to put up. Not really. Uh, Gregor is just saying Bratrus hydrogen is synergistic because it uses the th same thing as cars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, quite. Um, just painful. Um, just, just horrible. Anyway, right. Ugh, horrible, horrible, horrible. Just, just, just really frustrating because it, 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 these, it, it's just, it does not. It's not complicated to electrify. It's really very straightforward. In the U.S., where everything, where there's generally a lot more space, it's just so easy to electrify. You know, all the bridges are huge. Everything's easy. Just so easy to just shove wires up. It's just painfully easy to do. India has wired like its entire. India was wiring about a UK length of rail network a month, like just the. If at the rate that India was electrifying rail, it would take a year and a third to electrify everything that's left in the UK, just one and a third years. So to think in the US, you know that rate of electrification, just yeah, frustrating. Anyway, let's change the. What if? But what if car, which is kind of the question for the previous slide as well. Um, so uh, Brompton's are building a new factory. It's a car-free factory, which is a gimmick, but kind of a fun gimmick. Obviously, it's not car-free because they have HGVs coming in and picking up bits, dropping off bits and picking up bikes. Fine. But 
Um, the idea of having staff coming in the cars is, is a nice one. I like that. It's a kind of a fun, novel idea. Uh, and National Highways has objected to this on the basis of, um, well, the detail. Here's um, Cargo Ben, uh, Cargo Bike Ben on Twitter saying, uh, we built our country so the only way you can get around is by car. To justify our existence, how dare you try to change that? Well, okay, Road CC, pick up a bit more detail. Um, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> the Highways Authority raised concerns about the scheme's impact on the local road network and the lack of any car parking facilities at the site. What? Surely that would have no impact on the local road network. Um, the, yeah, National Highways, if you remember, which is basically Highways, it is Highways England, but renamed again and again, um, calls on bike brand to consider those with no choice but to drive. They have considered them and probably aren't employing them. Um, anyway, marvellous. Just, just some stupid pile of stupid there. Oh, it's, there's not a huge... We, we're going to end on some fun, don't worry. We'll cheer ourselves up a little bit. Uh, ministers have secretly lowered performance standards for GTR to go over Thames Link, uh, Railway after it failed on most measures of service quality. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I have to say, I've been travelling on Thames Link. I love those trains. The 700s are wonderful trains. They are looking haggard inside. They have not seen much love. Just, just graffiti and vandalism everywhere. Um, they're just looking... The, the seats are all roughed up and haggard. Um, they just have clearly wound down how much money is being spent to look after these trains, which is really sad. Um... And yeah, so the government's just softened the targets so that they still get paid. As ever, it's like, no, no, the, surely those targets are, are hold and the company doesn't get paid the, 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 the dividends, right? You know, Govia don't get there. No, 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 Govia just going to get, they're just going to change, the government's just going to change the targets so they can pay Govia anyway. Get rid of private companies out of this loop. They are serving no function whatsoever. They're just literally bleeding dividends out of the system for no reason. It might not even be that much money relatively, but that doesn't. That's not the point. The point is that that small amount of money could be employing a few extra people in the system. The creeping dial of dismalness is how I describe this uh, particular story. Um, let's talk about something fun. Sadiq Khan uh, has overseen the renaming of uh, the six London Overground lines. This is great. They get a new color. Um, same because I kind of like the orange, but also, um, yeah, they're being renamed. We're having um, the Liberty Line, the Lioness Line, the Mild May Line, the Suffragette Line, the Weaver Line, the Windrush Line, which I think is great. They've all got a different color, which I, I have to say, I, I think all the multiple colors are starting to get chaotic. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, this means that if we go to our, um, if we go to our, uh, go back to our crossrail episode when we talk about crossrail if you remember the purple rail natter um then uh, hello everyone putting loads of hearts on this by the way yeah I, I love this as well it's a happy story i like this i think it's a good idea i have absolutely no complaints about any of this by the way the, the uh, well the colors i'm a little bit like oh it's getting a bit too colorful the london the london map it's a bit you know oof. um i understand they've given themselves a bit of get of, get out of jail free card by the fact that all of these ones have the like heavy rail whatever that means they've got the rail two lines rather than the underground thick line fine um so we have to update our collection of London rail transport systems to change from the East London line becomes the Windrush line, the North London line becomes the Mildmay, the Watford DC line becomes the Linus line, the Gospel to Barking line becomes the Suffragette line, uh, the Lee Valley lines become the Weaver line, and the Romford Upminster line becomes the Liberty line. Marvellous, lovely. Um, of course, my preference would be that, uh, that you would have all of these systems would still be uh, orange, would be numbered primarily uh, one to six, but you can still have the names. That's fine. I'd keep them orange. But also, 
this is from the guy who says that you put the subsurface lines into the into a single set of S1 to 4 under a, the metropolitan color that you have the nice blue for the underground here um uh U1 to 8 of Bakerloo Central Jubilee Northern Fleet Piccadilly Victorian Waterloo as my simplified uh, underground lines um and then of course you know Thameslink is Thameslink and Crossrail is Thameslink 2 just as Crossrail 2 would be Thameslink 3 um the E1 to 5 for DLR and the T1 to T1 to 3 for, for the trams that's my it's my preferred system uh, and I think yeah but um you know who am I to yeah <laughs> I, I I like the new names I think the colors are it, it's the colors are getting a bit silly but the, the new names are great um no, we're talking about private sector innovation of course private sectors innovate by doing shifty financial stuff and closing up their businesses for tax reasons which I believe is what's happening um, with com- the, the company Arrival, with its UK arm, just being ra- wound up. Administrators have been called in. It's just being wound up. Um, trouble times for Arrival is its first shares were suspended from the NASDAQ, and now it's called in the administrators at its two UK businesses. I like the vibes of this van. I think this looks great. This would be great fun to have whizzing around our cities as a zero-emissions vehicle delivery van. It looks fun. Uh, likewise, this bus looks great looks like we'll never see them because the company is gone uh isn't it great that we allow and it just for you know like, like administration and tax reasons uh, is this a thing that goes if if can this go bust well as it happens yes it can but also it'd be quite nice if we had some sort of state entity that also made buses to compete with those private companies and possibly could do so more efficiently and, and therefore you know those buses could be bought by um local authorities and run their, their services using you know a a high quality but publicly built bus i don't know that might be nice um and uh, yeah 172 uk jobs uh, out the window um this company was founded in 2015 by russian billionaire denis fedlov uh mm, good start uh there we are anyway uh, in october 2022 the company announced it was pulling back from the uk as it opened a micro factory in north carolina chasing the lucrative north american market that's clearly not gone well Ooh. So the sad horns play once more. From that to a, you know, a bit of a savage change in tone, we have to talk about... Um, I've not done a trigger warning for this picture because it's sufficiently low resolution. Um, Tempe train crash, uh, the Tempe rail crash in Greece. Uh, Nectaria Stamuli has been doing some really good writing on this. There's a really long read, good long read at Politico that I would recommend going in and reading, um, explaining the fallout from this, you know, the continued problems. Um, and Athens has, has kind of essentially overruled a, a European Commission um, call for action against two ministers accused of criminal activity around the mismanaging of signaling, signaling renewals on the railway. Some, yeah, some seriously mucky stuff going on. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so the EPPO, which is the European Public Prosecutor's Office, uh, supported uh, <laughs> suspicions of a cover-up um, when it charged 23 suspects, including 18 public officials, for crimes linked to the execution of contracts on remote traffic control and signaling systems on the network, co-funded by the EU. Ooh. So bearing in mind the signaling system was responsible, or I haven't read a report on the, the, the crash yet, but it's very likely a signaling system was, was, was responsible for it. There were lots of reports of the fact the signaling system, the, the driver reported problems already and the signaling system had been like overwritten, written off, you know, switched off, blah, blah, blah. Um, if, here's the, here's the, uh, the, uh, the EPPO's uh, website. Uh, you can see their headline here. Uh, it's an official website of the European Union. Marvellous. Um, 
if I go to the you know, go into the body of the report, the evidence gathered points to criminal responsibility for the following reasons. On the basis of a private agreement, the two companies constituting the consortium contract or immediately after the signature of the of contract arbitrarily split the project between them. One of the companies undertook to carry out the northern section of the project, while the second company undertook to carry out the project on the major part of the Athens-Thessaloniki route, <sighs> including the section near Tempa where a fatal railway collision occurred um, on 20th of February 2023. Yeah, what was that? Nearly a month, uh, nearly a year ago now. In addition, the second company entrusted the technical studies regarding the signaling systems to a third company, which did not possess the specific technical knowledge required in breach of the terms of the contract. Ouch. So they gave us some guy, uh, which stated the expertise was carried out by a specific, a specified provider. This resulted in a breach of the contractual obligation concerning the provision of specialized expertise, for which a financial penalty of approximately $2 million was imposed, following an audit carried out um, by Greece's own financial audit committee. Fine. While the original scope of the contract entailed the restoration of existing signaling telecommand systems, the consortium contractor attempted to construct an entirely new signaling system with novel telemetry units. It is understood that this was an, un an unlawful modification of the original contract, which resulted in an unwarranted increase in the value of the contract, not justified by any unforeseen circumstances. Oh, golly. Okay. Um... According to the investigation, a total of seven unlawful extensions to the original contract were granted, oh golly, pursuant to the decisions of the board of directors of uh, Ergos. Um, for this reason, uh, the project has not yet been completed more than nine years after contract 717 was signed. So they're just like going, oh, can we deliver this bit? Can you, and you pay us for this bit. Or can you deliver this bit? And you pay us for this bit. They've expanded well beyond the, 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 the scope of the project. Um, it's alleged that employees of this uh, organization, uh, the management organization, management of the project, intentionally declared incomplete and false information to the managing authority regarding the existence of facts critical to the distribution of the funds and the approval of the extensions. As a result, the request requests were approved by the managing authority, which paid the funds to the beneficiary, which subsequently paid the consortium contractor. Yikes. Furthermore, it's alleged that officials of the managing authority responsible for overseeing the use of the funds acted in breach of the principles of prudent asset management. It's understood that despite the fact that the information conveyed by employees of this uh, management organization was patently inaccurate or false, public officials of the management authority approved. You get the picture, folks. This isn't good. Um, really not very good at all. Um, so, yeah, pretty painful situation in Greece. And I, I don't know what the way out of it is, really, because Greece has overwritten... This this technical point is that Greece has overwritten that... that um, sorry, have overridden it because uh, of um, a quirk in the law that means only state officials, only, only ministers can charge ministers. So, oh dear. Let's talk about something happy. Leavenmouth progress. Ah, because Leaven is getting its uh, getting a station. In fact, the station is looking pretty close to completion. Um, what's happening is they've got the signaling up and running. The tracks have been approved, so they can run trains on uh, on the Leaven link now. Um, so yeah, Network Rail has commissioned the signaling system on the on the 116 pound Leavenmouth rail link. Um, there we are. That'll go onto my spreadsheet of of projects for not very much length and quite a lot of money. Meaning trains can use the line. Signaling successfully tested, brought into use, which means that drivers can develop their route knowledge. Um, they can do testing. Um, they can you know do platform checking and all sorts of good stuff. It's fab. It's good stuff. Leaving link running. Happy days. Very very pleased to see this uh, progressing. Um, in again less happy international news is um related to the the um well there's a problem podcast that i was on uh quite a number of weeks the, the podcast that kills you instantly um translated from spanish here uh the immediate unconditional release of the railroad workers who in their demand for answers carried out protest action is demanded ah yes that's right so 
rail workers who've been pointing out all the problems a bit like some of the ones we pointed out in the episode uh, that episode of well there's a problem uh, have been protesting and the navy has presumably just uh, gobbled them up and made them disappear which is not good unconditional um capture of uh, kind of um uh unconditional uh, they need to be released but basically they've all been detained um for no good reason yeah, not not good news. Uh, in the midst of this um, is a bloody HST, of course. Just uh, you know, uh, like a, like a bad smell will not will not go away. Yeah, are there any English rail? As as Ross pointed out, are there any English rail sources pointing this out? Any anyone investigates? Anyone in the UK actually investigating this? You know, or is there just a lot of people going, "Oh, isn't it marvelous? Oh, isn't it stupid that Mexico can run our favourite trains? Isn't that marvelous?" Um, that looks like a Mexican HST in City 125. Correct, that is an HST. It is indeed a Mexican HST. They have painted an HST. The rusting fiberglass remains of an HST. Frightening. With a, an enormous Buckeye coupler at the, at the front. It's it's strange situation. Anyway, no, as far as I can tell, absolutely no reporting on this in the railway press. Is, 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 you know, I don't know. Has rail picked it up? Has modern railways picked it up? No. Ah, oh, lol, LMAO. Yes, uh, the Basildon Canvey South End Echo here pointing out uh, the results of a a um, a an investigation. Uh, sorry, a report um, that points out Thurrock Council has repeated this scheme, claiming it's of little benefit to the borough and has raised concerns over the loss of Greenbelt. But a report has pointed out that the Lower Thames Crossing will only relieve congestion for five years. Yeah, because that's how induced demand works: brief improvement, and then you induce a lot of extra traffic in, and it all gets clogged up again absolutely useless waste of money this is just if you're going to do a link make it a rail link um but uh yeah this is yeah it's funny it, uh, it's it's this is just this is just standard road stuff it's standard road stuff uh and it just uh, the roads continue getting built no one cares just just uh, hopeless right uh the current on this one is nope dale vince here with a also a paid blue tick lol um, we don't need overhead lines of powered rails. Uh, this is my, this is Dale Vince, who is the the head of Ecotricity. We don't need overhead lines of powered rails. Question mark. And the uh, my annotation, by the way, and the incredible cost of electrification in the conventional sense. We just need trains that pull their own batteries. Great to see it start happening. Oh man. I wish people who who don't know things would stop having opinions, um, at least public ones. Uh, so this is related to the GWR um, uh, kind of fast charge battery technology. There, th- there's there's more to tell about this story, and there's value in it. And obviously, this is coming off the back of the Viva Rail um, uh, collapse, and GWR kind of picked it up. But uh, the Dale could not be more wrong. Good grief! And then I've got a load of battery bros coming in and and say, no, no, this is great. Batteries, batteries. Like, wh- where do you think the material for these batteries is coming from? The whole point of electric railways is that you don't need all this extra complicated crap. You just have the wires. You run the train. The, the train AC electric locos are simple and easy. They, they just they work. They're good. Ugh. Anyway, um, danger. Yeah. Why danger? Uh, so Sam Jennings on Twitter. Flower girl underscore London. No, sorry, flower girl underscore Lon on Twitter. Uh, beware the ne- beware the next consultation reforms and the people around this table plotting to get rid of staff and turn up and go. Yeah, we're continuing. We have not won the battle on um, uh, get you know station staff and ticket offices yet here's Hugh Merriman spending time with the rail delivery group of which we need to pay attention to because the rail delivery group are clearly continuing to try and have an involvement in the railways uh, 
Pay attention to Jacqueline Starr. Why? Just pay attention to Jacqueline. Uh, also, here's David Brown as well. Um, RTG, useless organization, shouldn't exist. But here's who men are meeting them, giving them the time of day, discussing their ongoing collaboration to reform and modernize the railway. That means uh, break unions. Um, and also the ticket office nonsense. And how we can work together to deliver for passengers and industry alike. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll bear that in mind. But one of the key things they're doing is continuing to attempt to erode um, turn-up-and-go facilities for disabled people on the railways, which is making accessibility worse. So Sam, very good to, to follow on that, pay close attention. And the last bit of news. Oh, is GBR dead? Ooh, because the rail reform bill, the draft one, has landed for us to look at, which is exactly what we're going to be doing next week, of course. We can't avoid it. We're doing it next week. Let's see what the hell is going on with this thing. Um, what we can do is me actually look at this, uh, the, the link that came with this sort of thing and actually have a look at it. What's going on here? What are we going to read? So this is first impression. You're going to experience it from me and then we're going to wrap the episode up because it's gone a bit long. Sorry, everyone. Minister set out blueprint for future of the railways through draft rail reform bill. Draft bill sets out blueprint for bring back, bringing track and train together under a new Great British Railways. Okay. Leveraging private sector innovation to benefit customers. Oh. The, mm. Okay, uh, lever so leveraging private sector innovation to benefit customers. Yeah, no, that that's that's that doesn't. It's not a thing. That we've we've had thirty years of that not working. So here we are. Draft rail reform bill. These are the bullet points. So the key things they think are important for us to understand uh, as part of this bill. Number one, that the, the bill has been published. That the draft bill has been published. Key part of future railways. Okay, fine. Second bullet point. New proposals will leverage private sector innovation to deliver a better service overseen by Great British Railways. Why this? Why they mentioned private sector innovation again? It's like if they keep saying it, it'll become real. Action already underway to improve train travel, including pay-as-you-go ticketing and simpler fares. Uh, fares pilot, simpler fares pilot. Lol, that's the LNER thing. It's gone dreadfully. Oh dear. Uh, right. Okay. So, the draft rail reform bill. We're going to do this. We'll have a look through it into detail next episode. This is that since the end of nationalisation seen under British Rail, um, passenger numbers have doubled. Actually, that started happening before that, but anyway, as we've discussed many times in Rail Matter. And the quality of rolling stock has vastly improved. Um, hmm. The, the counterfactual of British Rail continuing and continuing its programme of rolling stock renewals suggests to me that the situation is no different. And we've actually spent so much more on procuring the trains the way we have, that we've definitely got fewer trains now than if we'd bought them a normal way. So I don't... It'd be interesting to explore that counterfactual. Hmm. To meet the demands of a modern economy and society, we need our railways to be more responsive and more efficient. No, we don't. We need to be bigger. You don't want a railway to be responsive. You want it to be reliable. You don't want it to be more efficient. You want it to be bigger. You want it to be higher capacity. These are not things. More responsive. No one wants their railway to be more responsive. They want it to to just be there. They don't want a responsive railway. They want a reliable railway. They want to turn up and get on a train. Responsive is not a word I would use to describe railways, so... <clears throat> More adaptive to technology. Okay, and innovation. Well, I mean, the railway does innovate in lots of ways, but what do they mean by this? What, what exactly do they mean by this? And to fully embrace the private sector and its benefits. Oh, right, I see. The reason that the, the, the privatisation hasn't worked so far is because we've not done it hard enough. Ah, I see. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah. 
So, as you can see, we're not off to a good start. We'll, we'll dig into this properly next week, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to dwell on that. This is not starting well, folks, is it? Let's <laughs> just tease to next, to next week's episode. Oh, my goodness me. So, oh, I, I don't know. What, what do you think, folks? What, what do you think? Lots of lovely chat in, the, in, in, in here, of course, because um, before we talk about the Discord chat, uh, we're going to get rid of my face and say, um, yeah, oh, chuck questions in, by the way. Um, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gareth is, is saying, when will you accept that we're all here for it to run late? You don't have to apologize to us. Um, yeah, uh, well, indeed. Right, so uh, what else? Wish the bill would ditch the GBR name. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? Just call it British Rail. Just call it British Rail. Anyway, right, that's enough of that. Uh, all good podcasting platforms. Uh, please do drop... You don't have to pay for this. You don't have to support me on Patreon. It's your money. Uh, and there's, there's less of it around these days in terms of private people because the... The disadvantage of uh, there being less public debt is that there's a lot more private debt. So uh, that's that's fine. But what you can do is for free, if you listen to this in podcasting uh, format, drop a little review, say some stuff. It's always nice. I like that. Makes me feel very happy. Um, also bumps it up the, the algorithm, whatever that means. Um, the usual plugs, patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis for £1 a month. £1 a month, you can become a patron supporter. It's super cheap. Um, also, if you're a maniac and very kind, you know who I'm talking about, those of you watching right now. You can give me more than that. Um, and I'm incredibly grateful for those people that do. You know who you are. I'm looking at you right now in the chat. Um, uh, GarethDennis.co.uk slash merch for the merchandise. Uh, keep buying that. Keep buying the... Uh, I still have not. This is bad of me. I need to collect the money that's been spent on the um, LGBTQ plus pride uh, sort of uh, tea. Also, I need to improve it um, because it, I, I, I've thought of some new fun ideas. Uh, all of that will go to LG, uh, York LGBT forum. Um, paypal.me slash GarethDennis for loose change and abuse and GarethDennis.co.uk slash Discord for the chat continuing uh, into the distant future. Um... Yes. So, hmm. What about next week? Well, next week, well, you know, you heard it first. As of today or yesterday's news, was it today or was it yesterday? I can't exactly remember. But um, Great British Railways, uh, what is episode 207? What is to become of Great British Railways? Let's find out. Let's read the bill. Uh, we've got a union flag as the background to this episode. That'll be a laugh. Anyway, oh, right. So, <laughs> it's got a big face. Everyone. Um, what else is going on? Yeah, just lots of tech bro brain, technology innovation, hydrogen and batteries. Yeah, it's just all bad news, isn't it? We're going to have a read through the draft. It's going to be interesting. Um, there's also like a set of notes that have come with it. So there's, there's, there's all sorts of fun stuff. Um, yeah, Ina is, is absolutely right. Uh, idea for a simpler uh, fares pilot. Do a 49 euro ticket for the UK railway system and deal with capacity issues by investing in electrification. Indeed. And, and the rest as well. Um, it might be good getting some podcasts going about the issues in Germany sometime. It sounds like quite the mess generally. Future UK railway now, but UK having higher fares. Oh, there's so much fun stuff I've got to. St- uh, once, once the book is um, uh, is out, uh, there's some seriously fun stuff that I'll be able to pick out in you for episodes. So there's there's some interesting research I did in there that I'm, I'm, I can't wait to talk more about. Um, please do a Lego episode episode sometime. A Lego episode of oh, the Lego flag. Yeah, that was just a PowerPoint filter to make the background a bit more interesting than just a regular-ass uh, 3D render of a flag. Um, right, anyway, everyone, uh, it's 21.28, far too late. I've got to phone a friend, and I will see you all next week. Everyone, cheerio, cheerio.